0: Welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode and every episode by my co-hosts. I wish she wouldn't threaten to kill my scientists right to their faces. Whitney Nelson.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I do wish that.
0: <laughs> That's funny. And he has a type. physicist with hypothermia accused of being terrorists. Evan Wells. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nailed it. That is my type. Weird. Yeah.
0: I figured I was like, this is the perfect movie for him. Perfect. Great.
2: I, I just realized that we've heard that intro 25 times now. You've heard.
0: Uh, is this this is 25? Is that what this is?
2: Oh, wait. No, Providence. So it's 24. Anyway, I love it. So I'll, I'll hear it another 25 times.
0: I love our intro now, where I just pull from the movie instead of randomly. I, uh, in an earlier episode, and I can't remember what it was for, when I introduced Whitney, I said, it looks like her experiment just got a mind of its own, which is from this film. I wish I would have oh. saved that one. I could have put that mm. in the back pocket. But alas, we live and learn. No one would have called you out if you used it a second time. I would have, I would have known. And that's, that's really, I have to live up to an impossible standard of my own. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) Up top, I want to mention. You can find our website at CoolBreezePod.com, email us at uh, CoolBreezePod at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at CoolBreezePod. If you like what we do and want to support it directly, you can join us on our Patreon at Patreon.com slash CoolBreezePod. Reap all manner of extras that I'm I'm trying to beef up and and work out, but please do, uh, if you have a few bones, throw them our way. A dollar gets you in the door for some sticker uh, drawing type stuff. Really cool. But... If you don't want to throw any bucks our way, a review on iTunes is an incredibly helpful way to show your appreciation, uh, raise awareness, all those good things. So we've entered a new year of Keanu's career, and I've opted, uh, I'm, I'm changing the formula of this part here, and I just want to focus on the other movies that are released in the same year. We could talk world events if we think that's relevant to the movie at hand, but for now, let's just focus on cinema. These are the movies, and this is... I'm blown away oh my that this happened God. in 1996. These are the films that came out in 1996, and I left this some is a
1: crazy list.
0: I left some off this list, and I'm talking about amazing other movies. But here we go: Independence Day, Twister, Fargo, Mission Impossible, Jerry Maguire, Romeo and Juliet, The Rock, Scream, The Cable Guy, The Craft, The Birdcage, A Time to Kill, Strip Tease, From Dust Till Dawn, Kingpin. And I realize I've been making a very foolish mistake for every episode prior to this one. The best picture winner for 1996 is the film that was released the previous year, and that's how I've been doing it, and that's not correct. So Braveheart was <laughs> the best picture winner, right? But that was a 1995 film. So I'm, a, I'm, cor- <laughs> I'm course correcting now. The movie that came out that this year that won was The English Patient. Amazing. Mm. Wow. That's
1: a heck of a year for movies.
0: There were other ones, too. I would too. watch all of these. Primal Fear was another one. I, I, there were like three or four other ones. I'm like, I can't, we can't put it's all not these.
1: Even, yeah, it's not even a, about like the quality of the movies. It's like every single one of these was a blockbuster yes. of some kind. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's, a good point. that's just a good good box office year. Like everyone was talking about all of these movies.
0: I'm really excited I'm reading a book on—I got it for the Kindle called Best Movie Year Ever, and it posits that 1999 was the best year for films in history— and okay. I can't wait to get there because that is the year The Matrix was released. So It is
1: the year The Matrix was released.
0: But yeah, I'll probably, I'll try to get to that part. There's a part in the book that's dedicated solely to The Matrix and what that did, but there's a, pretty
2: cool. There's a song about it being a great year for partying. I'm not familiar with that one. Could you sing it? No, we don't know it. <laughs> wait, so on this list, which one are you going to watch for the rest of your life? Nice deflection. Nice <laughs> yeah. deflection. Thank you.
1: Good work. I'm super torn on this. I was thinking about it as we were going down the list. And now here's the thing. I watch The Craft every year as soon as it starts to feel like fall. Oh, yeah. I've talked about, like, my October movies. The very earliest October movies are Practical Magic and The Craft. Nice. So I would be very sad to take The Craft off of this list. But I think I would enjoy watching The Birdcage over and over again more than I would (laughs) enjoy watching The Craft over and over again. If I only had one from this list, I think it would be Birdcage.
0: Fun. Andrew oh man so right out of the the two that jump out at me are super weird and polar opposites but the two that jumped out at me were Fargo and The Rock and (laughs) I have an adult fondness for Fargo it's such a dark fun movie and then as a kid I just loved Sean Connery yelling at Nicolas Cage the whole time I might go with The Rock just because it's a lot of fun it's dumb fun yeah I think I'm going to do Romeo and Juliet. Look at you. I really
2: like that movie. All right. it's hmm. a good one. Soundtrack and like, I don't know. We talked about this when we chatted about Much Ado. I just, I like those modern day capturings of
0: old plays. It's it's tough. I, I'm surprised none of us went with Independence Day. But I, again, I, I don't know if I've revisited that in a while. I don't know how it holds up. But you have Jeff Goldblum, well. Will Smith. Yeah. What a cast! Pretty, I would just skip to good. the speech. <laughs> like I would just always right. go to the speech. It's a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> Evans like I'm jumping to two hours. I don't need any of this. <laughs> yeah. Just give me the speech. <laughs> just the speech. He's my president. Bill. Oh man. Pat Pullman Paxton. Pullman Pullman Pullman. Got it. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Even after years of listening to Doug Loves Movies and the the game Pullman or Paxton, I still don't know which is.
0: It. <laughs> so <laughs> Pullman is Independence Day. Paxton is Twister. So that's uh, same year. It's oh. very confusing. <laughs> Paxton is all I, I remember now. Game Over, Man from Aliens. That's him. <laughs> that's how I remember. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's fun. Ninety six. Great year.
1: Good year for Mm -hmm. movies.
0: Also, Chain Reaction came out this year. So
1: also Chain Reaction. I don't know.
0: I don't know where it falls necessarily on this list, but we'll get to it.
1: Yeah. Ev. That's what
0: we're here to talk about. (laughs) Mm. Ev, tell us about it. Tell us about Chain Reaction.
2: Um, the plot synopsis, as IMD states it, is as follows. There are two researchers in a green alternative energy project are put on the run when they are framed for murder and treason. This movie was directed by Andrew Davis, whose credits also include Under Siege, The Fugitive, A Perfect Murder, and Collateral Damage. Some great movies in there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, co-starring alongside Keanu in this film is Morgan Freeman, Rachel Weiss, Fred Ward, Kevin Dunn, and Brian Cox. Mm-hmm. And Whitney, I imagine you have... Something to tell us about the scores on this movie.
1: I do. I do. Um, The. (laughs) Okay. So I. I remembered thinking this movie was terrible. I saw it in 96. And I remember thinking this movie is terrible. Um, Mm. I am shocked by how terrible everyone thought it was. And I don't. So it has a 16% score on Rotten Tomatoes from the critics and a 27% score from the audience.
0: That is rough. That is rough. That is
1: that is too low.
2: I don't get it. (laughs) And I
1: am, I am, you know, obviously, we're here to talk about this movie. We will get into the ins and outs of chain reaction very, very shortly. But no matter, like, 16% is so low. This movie did not deserve that. At all.
2: No, 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 no. I, I got like, I got a little deterred when I loaded up the movie and right there on the screen, like we talked about before, there's the rating mm-hmm. and I was like,
0: what? Like, mm-hmm. I, don't,
2: I don't recall it being that bad. And then it wasn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All <clears> right. <throat> so we have a critic quote. Uh, Jeff Millar from the Houston Chronicle says, the narrative is very complex, but what's on screen is little more than generic, non-narrative specific guy being chased stuff, which I feel is pretty dead on the nose.
0: Jeff. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. All right. And then
1: we have a a user quote from Justin N on Rotten Tomatoes, who gave it three out of five stars, who says, fast paced, the idea wasn't bad at all. The acting is questionable at times and the plot kind of thins throughout the movie.
0: Hmm. Okay. All right. I I absorbed that. I absorbed that. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So who wants to start talking about the movie?
0: I shall. Evan, yeah. You sound yes. like you're very Do passionate it. about what's going on here. So please. Well, so a little bit
2: of nerddom came out just because, like, alternative energy is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And... It was actually pretty neat to see how far they were leaning into hydrogen as a fuel in 96. And it's still kind of a thing today, right? There's cars on the road that run on hydrogen. So that was that was neat. But um, I don't overall, I don't think it deserves what's being said about it. I thought it was a good movie. I thought, um, I thought the pacing was right. I didn't, you know, like for what we've talked about before, kind of the, the bellwether is if you check your phone during the movie. Yeah. And I didn't really do that. Uh, not that I recall. Um, and so I thought that that meant something about pace, right? That it didn't slow down. It could, I guess it could have been too fast, but I don't know. Um, and then I thought the plot was, it's standard. It's probably not original. Um, the It's just kind of a heist meets, you know, thriller movie mm. and it's it's been done i obviously i think individually it's been done i don't know if together in this kind of plot but there were definitely segments of the movie that were like pretty pretty overdone i thought they developed the characters pretty well Thought we got a nice glimpse into each of the characters especially when you think about morgan freeman's character like he really developed through the movie so i thought that was good um and then technically speaking, I think they did pretty well. Some of the practical effects were, like, bad. Um, <laughs> the practical like effects
1: the, or the digital effects?
2: The digital effects there you go. were bad. But also some of the practical. Like, the whole fuel cell thing kind of bothered me, how it, like, mm-hmm. shook. And it was a bubbly, like, aquarium. But anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, like, the explosions and, and all that. Yeah. It's fine. That's 96. I was going to say gonna I
1: actually was surprised because they looked better than I thought they would. Like Yeah. They these special effects hold up better than Independence Day special effects, which came out at Whoa. the exact t- same time and was Whoa. much w- much heavier on the special effects Probably. and they don't hold up as well as these do.
0: I'd, what a claim. I'd believe you. I'd believe you without having even researched it. I I believe mm-hmm. you.
2: Yeah. I mean, they had to deal with like other worlds, <laughs> spaceships oh, but anyway. And, yeah. Yeah. But um Keanu, I thought Keanu did great. I mean, again, he's in an action role. There's a touch of romance, but like not too much. And he does he does really well in action roles. If there's a motorcycle involved, he's going to do great and there was. And so um
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I I thought Keanu did really well. I liked it. I
0: like uh it definitely worked for me. Cool.
1: Andrew, what do you think?
0: Yeah. Uh I can I can pick up uh, a little bit from, from what you said, Ev. I'm going to agree with you that I thought Keanu was really, really good in this role. In fact, he was the reason why I continued to watch it. I liked mm-hmm. the relationship between him and Rachel Weiss, her character to me was a little ambiguous whether they were going to like end up together romantically or just be like really good friends who survived a shared trauma type situation. So I actually like that, that it it wasn't a forced romance situation. She was a little flirty. He was a little flirty, but they never like kissed or anything like that. At least that that I remember. Am I wrong about that?
1: I don't think they did kiss. Yeah.
0: So that was kind of cool.
1: They embraced at least once.
0: Right. All right. So there's that. Good. So um, I think I nailed that, maybe. All right. So, <laughs> Whitney, you mentioned something last week that I thought was very interesting that stuck with, with me, where there's this string of action movies that came out at this time of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And one of them, you mentioned Enemy of the State, right? Mm-hmm. And then we also have The Rock the same year. I would also add Broken Arrow, to that list, Ooh. uh, Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger and a handful of other ones, right? I feel like this one, like, I remember all of those other ones as having like a very cool, specific conceit that I loved, mm-hmm. and this one just didn't have something that made me like I, I couldn't grab onto anything in this movie, yep. So, like, I, I wasn't quite sure what the stakes were. And this clean energy thing, where it's like you look at Morgan Freeman, you're like, okay, this guy is probably the bad guy. <laughs> right. Like it's, I don't know if they were trying to telegraph that super early, but you're like, this guy's going to do something. It's going to turn this whole thing upside down. Got it. it I liken it to so this same director, right? He did The Fugitive, which was amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll watch The Fugitive yeah, any definitely. day. And a bunch so of good. other great chase movies. But there was a sequel to The Fugitive called U.S. Marshals, which also had Tommy mm-hmm. Lee Jones and the whole cast mm-hmm. of the first one. And Chain Reaction feels like a U.S. Marshals, right? <laughs> right? Like that. Mm-hmm. It's like not quite, it's eclipsed by something else this guy did that was much better. There were great chase sequences in this. The guy's clearly very skilled at coming up with cool ways to make people run away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And everything else, I was like, this doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. This doesn't make a lot of sense. And I just kind of at some point let it wash over me. And I enjoyed it overall. But uh, I wish there was just something more. There's like something lacking here. I guess it doesn't help. Absolutely. It does not help. And this is just a small thing, there was no comparison. I did a double feature, I watched this, and then I watched John Wick 3, because I watched it on the same day. And I was not watching comparatively. Uh (laughs) If I watched John Wick 3 first, I'd have a very different opinion of this movie coming in. I just wanna note how far action sequences have come in just like 20 years, (laughs) it's unbelievable Mm -hmm. to me. Mm How chore- choreography has changed. That's all I'll say. Yes. Uh, I, I liked it. I thought it was fine. It was not a dizzying high or anything like that for me. It was like I've watched it. Good. Capital F fine or or lowercase F? Ooh, that's a good question. I would say yeah, I'd say capital F fine. Okay, good. For this for this movie.
1: I, I pretty much agree exactly. I think that this was a a, a perfectly fine. Movie. Like, it was made fine. The technical aspects of it more or less hold up. Yeah. The action running away sequences are good. There is no viewpoint that makes it necessary to make this movie. Mm. There's no, like, <sighs> the story's been told, at, you know, obviously before this point. At this point and lots of movies like this afterwards. But like the reason to tell an action movie that's exactly like a hundred other action movies that have come before is because there's either a protagonist that you want to tell the story of or an event that you want to tell the story of. Um, And this. The only thing that it had going for it was the sort of environmental factor, which is more poignant now than it was then. Mm -hmm. And so that isn't even necessarily something that I could attribute to um, it being something for people to latch onto at the time, because no one cared about it at the time. Like, people care about it now. Um, The reality of of killing the environment is is definitely something that people were talking about, because, you know, Silent Spring and all that, that was... Way earlier on, but um, mm-hmm. it was not in the collective consciousness like it is now. So that that being the only thing, like, the government working against the government to kill everybody for profit is something that's more <laughs> resonant now than it was at the time that this movie came out. And that's the only thing to really latch on to that has any sort of viewpoint. Everything else is very just sort of bland and just happening. And it's not a bad, like, plot in the way that the sequence of events and the pacing of it, the editing, all everything comes together well, but there's no reason to make this movie. Like, I didn't get anything out of it. There's no, no hard and fast viewpoint from anything about anybody, and I'm not saying you have to draw, like, it has to be political or you have to make a stand or whatever, but you have to get something out of it for it to make sense of why you made it, and it, there was nothing. I got nothing. Hmm.
0: Yeah, some of it even went counter to what uh, I I believe, not not necessarily like theor at a theoretical level, right? There's a line that said in this movie where it's like if free clean energy gets out into the world, there'll be a global recession and rioting in the streets.
1: Economic collapse. Yeah, yep.
0: I'm I'm thinking is that really is that what would happen? I don't know, but that I think it could happen. I, got oh, so I
1: definitely think it would happen, but man, we're I, we are a hair's breadth away from rioting in the streets and economic collapse at any given moment right. of any given day for any given reason. Like that, I, I definitely think that clean, cheap energy uh, is one of those things because still to this day, you know, more than a, a decade later, we are still you know very dependent on fossil fuels and um if that was to suddenly overnight be a whole part of the economy that's gone yeah it it would have a huge impact it definitely would
0: interesting all right all right yeah that was something that got me at least distracted from this at at one mm-hmm. point like again not checking my phone distracted but like thinking to myself like what would be the repercussions here it's like and if i were to try to say, cover up the fact that we had discovered free and clean energy, would I really blow up half of Chicago to do that? Is that the most effective use of, of uh, my resources, I guess? And that's addressed later, like, in an offhanded quote, like, you don't know impulse control or something like that. But I don't know. There were little parts of this movie where I was like, oh, I would have handled that in maybe a slightly different way.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, there was nothing... Nothing for me to, like, grab onto that... That resonated with me. It was just happening to me. It wasn't something that I felt like I was participating in emotionally in any way, which even really, really terrible movies, I feel like I participated in emotionally in some way. (laughs) And this one just didn't have anything. I think that the performances were all fine. I actually have a little bit of an issue with the relationship between Keanu Reeves and Rachel Weisz and how close they were by the end, because they didn't seem to even talk that much while they were on the project at the beginning. And the only thing that has Put them together. They, they Whether they're friends or whether it's romantic at the end, they are close in a way that is not earned on screen.
0: I do. I do agree with that. I feel like they just deleted scenes, right? Like maybe, maybe this is solved on the Blu-ray.
1: Yeah. So I I definitely think that after having done some of my research for trivia, uh, this movie went through so many iterations that probably Uh. some of this was explained and probably some of this was on screen, but almost every single one of my questions are about people being recast or things making it from the original script to the final script or who, who, who signed on for it, but then was, was cut and, you know replaced and that kind of stuff so this went through so many iterations it seems like in the in the whole process that it would not surprise me at all if there was stuff that gave the movie the heart that was the stuff that got cut out Mm, that makes a lot of Um, sense i do want to take a moment to talk about the fact that up until recently and watching walk in the clouds this was the only time that i had ever felt sexual attraction to keanu reeves
3: (laughs) I recall.
1: Um, Yes. That still holds up. I still think this is the hottest Keanu Reeves has ever been. Really? Yes. I really do. I really do. I'm super into the chops. (laughs) The like sideburn chops (laughs) that he has going. And he's got sort of a proto John Wick haircut, which I think is very flattering on him. That sort of longer bob. Yeah. Kind of a thing. And he's got a little just a hint of grunge, which is very good for 96, but it's not over the top. He's not like a grunge kid.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and actually, so I was when I was doing my trivia, one of the things I did not include was he uh, hurt himself very badly just before filming this. Oh, wow. And he, like broke bones and something with his neck and whatever. So he actually ended up unintentionally gaining a lot of weight before this movie. Um, I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that might be part of why I think it's the most attractive he's ever been. I think when he's got a little bit of a rounder face, he's more appealing to me. Interesting. Um,
0: A little beefier, a little grungier. I understand. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Exactly. So uh, as of right now, (laughs) I still think this is the most attractive Keanu Reeves has ever been.
0: We still got a lot of movies to go, but okay,
1: we do. We it do has, have a lot of movies to go. It has but, been
0: duly noted. I, I'm writing it down in the uh, yeah, Bible here. Yeah, put, it, show put Bible. it in your data. Yeah, I'm adding it to the <laughs> the big data machine. Has mm-hmm. has logged it as such.
1: <laughs> I don't know why, but there's just something about him that does it for me in this movie.
0: All right, good. Yeah, I want to. I do want to call out. I think Evan called this out too. It should be worth noting that this movie, from a like a technical standpoint, is pretty good, right? Like, Mm -hmm. cinematography, the camera movement, all that stuff, a lot of Mm -hmm. aerial-type shots. There's, when they're doing the chases, it's very, it's thrilling. Like, the chase with the bridge, particularly, Mm -hmm. is really well shot and captured, and...
1: They were doing that in, like, 20 degree below weather.
0: It looks crazy. And And
1: it took them a week to shoot that. So, think about every night for, like, seven days, being in minus 20 degree weather, on this bridge shooting it. Right. That's what they
0: would do to do. Gross. Run up this yeah. 70% grade, please. Again? Yes. oh, it's For hours and, and it's, hours
1: and hours.
0: It's steel. Right. Which mm-hmm. is the same temperature as the air. So fun. So fun. <laughs> yeah, I think ultimately, I would, it's a bummer for me to say, I I would probably rather watch any of the movies that this director has done on either side of this film yeah as opposed to this film which is ugh, I hate to say it but it th- he's just done some amazing stuff. So this Well
1: that's the thing is I feel like all of his other stuff is stand out in some way and this is so beige in comparison.
0: And I'm wondering if that has to something to do with what you had mentioned like studio intervention and not trusting this yeah. guy's vision maybe?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't I didn't really get too much into the story of all of that stuff, and I don't want to talk about it now because we're about to get into um, oh. the interstellar favorite <laughs> pop quiz asshole. Um, <laughs> but I I, I I, don't know too much of the story of it, but I definitely think that this was one of those that was kind of a hot mess from the get-go. And so he did the best he could with what he had is kind of what it seems like.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Makes me sad. Yeah. Brian Agreed. Cox, let's let, can we talk about Brian Cox? Is the bad guy though? Pretty great mm-hmm. bad guy. I really enjoyed it. He's a
1: pretty great bad guy.
0: I don't watch Succession. Really good, but uh, I understand that he's consistently amazing on that show as well. So and Fred mm-hmm. Ward coming back, yeah, another Keanu Fred Ward. collaborator from Prince of Pennsylvania. So mm-hmm. <laughs> where he was his dad. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have any other any other notes high level about this movie?
1: No, I think it's time.
0: Oh, we're getting into it. <laughs> Excited. Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you.
3: Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose. I don't lose. I win. She's got
0: a lot to learn about sportsmanship. Pop Quiz Asshole is our very own Quizzo show where the host, in this case Whitney, asks the contestants, Evan and I, three questions worth a point. If one of us gets it wrong, the other player has a chance to steal. And that is especially helpful for the multiple choice ones we might do. (laughs) Also, Whitney may add bonus questions at the end if we have a particularly bountiful movie, uh, trivia-wise, and she assigns the point value uh, to whatever she wants. I'm thinking that Next week, when I'm hosting, we're gonna—it's gonna get real for the bonus questions. Going oh. dub, double, double digis, I'm talking. Oh, what? <laughs> the, the current Yikes. score is as follows: Whitney has 38, Ev has 17, and I have 21. <laughs> oh my god, I'm the worst. <laughs> Very literally. So Ev was our our last host, so he will be uh, first up. This week
1: mm-hmm.
0: So whenever you're ready Whitney
1: Alright Evan Yeah. Someone was cast to play Keanu Reeves building super In this movie And only found out that both of their scenes Were cut at the film's premiere It would oh, have been man. Their first major motion picture role Was it Nick Offerman Edward Norton Or Katherine Keener <laughs>
2: Oh Oh Oh, wow. Um. Mm, I really want it to be Nick Offerman. Because I like him.
1: Is that your final answer?
2: <laughs> yeah, there's no way I have any other real educational guess here. So.
1: What? Yes! yes!
3: <laughs> yeah! Yes,
0: follow your heart. (laughs) (laughs) That's never worked for me in this game, Evan. It has never worked for me. (laughs) Wow, that's so awesome.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Except for that he went to the premiere and watched the whole movie and he wasn't in it.
0: Right. Uh, That's less awesome. What the (laughs) hell? Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. So, Andrew. All righty. The Lyman role, played by Bill Cox, was originally to, originally to be played by whom before being replaced? Ooh. Alan Rickman, Kevin Costner, Tommy Lee Jones.
0: Oh, shit. I'm going to go out on a limb and follow my heart as well for this one. <laughs> Only because of the previous connection. I'm going Tommy Lee Jones for this one. Yeah! Yes. That would have been good. That would have been and really good.
1: And then, then they re, they replaced him.
2: Yeah, but the hard answer would have been Costner. They, so. they
0: actually had him, and then they replaced
1: him with Brian Cox? Literally, like, replaced him. Whoa. Literally, like, Tommy oh. Lee Jones, get yeah. out of here. You're being replaced.
2: That is what? rude. Yeah. Why?
1: I don't know. I, I did not find that out.
2: It makes no sense. How dare.
1: But, like, literally, Tommy Lee Jones was hired. I don't know how much into filming he got. He might not have even gotten ever to set, but, yeah. So, Evan. Yeah. Who was originally cast to play Rachel Weiss's character? Was mm. it Uma Thurman, oh. Miris of Sorvino, or Thora Birch? What? <laughs> uh uh
3: Uh
2: I will go with C. Of course it is.
0: (laughs) You can't say that after you got the first one right.
2: (laughs) Well, I didn't use my heart this time. Oh,
0: okay. (laughs) I'm thinking that this time... Listen to your heart. I don't want to get a copyright strike on our podcast. Please stop. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uma and uh, Mira Sorvino. That is Mm -hmm. fun. They were both like kind of having their moments right around this point, like Pulp Fiction Mm -hmm. and I'm guessing like 96, 97, somewhere around this time was like Romy and Michelle. I friggin' love that movie. Uh, I'm gonna go Mira. She strikes me as a scientist. Mira Servina, final answer. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I followed my heart, Ed, you did it. Damn it, I gotta stop giving you free advice. jumping around. All right, here we go.
1: When Keanu's character stumbles upon the harmonic effects of a particular frequency, he records it on a digital sampling keyboard. Oh man. From the keyboard, he plays it back to verify he can reproduce the same effect with the same frequency. Which key does he press? Is it low G, high F, or middle C?
0: (laughs) I actually know this. You son of a bitch. My heart tells me middle C. (laughs) See, my heart is an asshole. (laughs) What did he do, Ev? Uh,
2: Now, (laughs) Wait, now that you said low and high, I'm like, uh, I just thought about it a little bit more. Like where he was oriented on the keyboard. Uh,
0: I'm going to go low. Oh, he did it. He followed his heart. Look at him. Look at him go. That's fun. I did not. That is fun. I did not notice I did not even think to look directly at the key he was pressing at all. Mm-hmm. It's cool though.
1: All right. M-hmm. All right, Evan. Yeah. Elements of the original script of the film were written by Josh Friedman before being almost entirely rewritten. <laughs> what was the name of the original script? Ooh. Was it clean energy, Dead drop, or energy source?
2: I really hope it's not clean energy. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope. Um, Dead Drop would be... It would struggle to... But it was rewritten. The script was rewritten or just the title was changed?
1: The script was rewritten. Almost all of it.
2: Okay. Oh, so... It could have... You can't use anything that we've seen. It could have been about a dead drop. Whatever that is. Um, What was the last one? Energy Source? Mm -hmm. That's kind of movie-esque. I'm going to go with Energy Source.
0: Oh! Damn I'm going Dead Drop. Dead Drop. Yeah! God.
2: It's always the alliteration.
0: Right. I was like, that sounds... Dead Drop sounds like a 90s ass movie. And I would go see it.
1: I would go see
0: that movie. I got, damn it. All right. Damn
3: it. Andrew. All right.
1: Which line of the dialogue in the film is the only one to have made it through the rewrite?
3: Oh, (laughs) shit. What?
1: Is it? I'm your friend, Eddie. Ma'am, we just had eight city blocks disappear. Or (laughs) Dr. Sinclair and I ride together. Oh,
0: they're all good. Oh. A great line. I'm going to go, the romantic in me wants it to be that last one. I'm going to say Dr. Sinclair and I ride together. Damn it! All right, so Dead Drop.
2: (laughs) There's no way I can, like, come up with a whole movie around it. Um, It's like, yeah, that line fits into a (laughs) made-up movie called Dead Drop. Um... Do, 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 do. I'm gonna go with the one about the
0: eight blocks.
1: Oh! God. Oh my god, damn it! I'm your friend, Eddie, is yeah. the only dialogue that made it from the first script to the last. <laughs> they
0: script. didn't change his name. That's basically what I'm hearing. <laughs> they're like, the Or their everything. friendship.
1: <laughs> All right. I have two bonus questions. Damn. Ooh. Here we go. They're both worth, they're worth two points each. Okay. And it is first come, first serve on answers. All right. Okay. Okay. First bonus question.
2: Wait, is there multiple choice? No. Okay. Okay.
1: First bonus question. Name another movie where Keanu Reeves and Rachel Vice are in a bathtub together with their clothes on. I got it,
0: Constantine. Oh.
2: Yes! God damn, dude. That was wild. I love that movie. (laughs) I told you that. (laughs) Oh, you're like, oh, I I got it.
1: I knew Andrew was gonna get it, which is why I did two bonus questions because I couldn't have the bonus question be something I knew Andrew could get. Yeah,
2: Solved in three seconds.
1: (laughs) So here's the second bonus question. What is the email address Keanu sends the email to?
0: Oh, God, the email. Oh, wow, oh
2: man. Probably not Gmail.
0: Something at cleanenergy.com, I think. Uh, I think it's dead drop. (laughs) I think it's dead drop at cleanenergy.com. That's my answer. (laughs) Incorrect.
1: Yes, that is incorrect.
2: Uh, um, God. No way. no idea. It's on, Uh, it's uh,
0: literally on screen. It was just, again, Mm -hmm. I didn't notice the keyboard key, so I didn't look at the email address.
1: Coolbreezepod@gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> so close. Uh, uh, you maybe you get a bonus point for that answer, Evan. Yes, you know that's wrong.
2: Yes, Evan. Ingenuity. Oh. Yes.
1: No. The email address is Agent Leon Ford, and there's spaces, not underscores or dashes.
0: <laughs> oh no.
1: <laughs> Agent Space Leon Space Ford at FBI Washington DC. What is happening?
0: That's fantastic. What an unbelievable. That's actually why it was
1: a, a, a bonus question is because they show the, like, email to subject body, yeah. whatever, and I looked at it, and I only saw it for, it was only on screen for a split second, but it was the first thing my eyes immediately went to when I was watching this because I was like, what kind of email address is that? <laughs> And so I went back and like, looked it up, and I was like, this has to be a question, because it's That's a wild, great. wild email address.
0: They did not uh, quite great. know how email worked in the 90s yet. Yeah, like, Agent
1: Leon Ford mm-hmm. at fbi.washington, D.C. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Fun. I love it. That's so good. I like it. That was good. Oh, my. What a game. What a game. I'm tallying up the points here. It's an
1: interstellar favorite.
0: It is. Let me see. For good reason. Evan got,
1: all right, okay, okay, all right.
0: The points are as such. Now, Whitney maintains her lead at 38. Evan moves up to 20. He gets that bonus point for having coolbrewspot at gmail.com, where you should definitely email us all your questions and comments. And then (laughs) I move up to 26. Thank you, Constantine. Thank you, Whitney. (laughs) So good. Uh, don't talk to me about Keanu and no bathtub scenes. I got them all in front of mine.
1: <laughs> Why do you guys think he wanted to do this podcast? Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> Finally. Now we're getting to the good stuff. A way
1: that I can use my encyclopedic knowledge of Keanu Reeves in a bathtub.
0: Right. We're getting Any there. excuse to watch those scenes again.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I got to create this elaborate ruse. <laughs> it's like, I just can't do this in <laughs> the privacy of my own home. All right. <laughs> That was Pop Quiz Asshole. I have a ton of fun with that as you. Every probably time. Tell. It's so good. It's, the it's best. so good.
1: Also, it's fun coming up with the questions, even when it's really hard to come up with the questions, because sometimes yeah. there's just not enough. There was not a ton of trivia for Chain Reaction out hmm. there. So some of them I had to make up whole cloth, and it was uh, still really fun.
0: There were some really good ones good in there, though. So well done. Ooh, well done. Well done, well done with you. perhaps not much to go on. So. Yeah. All right, Whitney, whenever you're ready, let's let's blow I'm up in city blocks. Let's do this thing.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Do it. All right. So we start with music and titles that are like spooky, smoky clouds. <laughs> and the music was much more reminiscent of a Star Trek movie score than I ever would have remembered. Yeah. Um. It's a little bit ominous, but there was something very sci-fi-ish Star Trek-y about it. Um, and then we see that the smokiness behind the titles is some kind of vast factory pumping pollutants into the air. And we hear voiceover. Uh, these are all like aerial shots of of basically us killing the earth um, with a factory. And then voiceover over these aerial shots is a professor at Ch- Chicago University talking about how we are polluting and peopling the earth to extinction and we are all doomed and we are all addicted to petroleum and something has to be done much more dramatically and drastically than is being done
3: mm-hmm. uh
1: so then we cut to keanu reeves who is in a machine shop buffering some kind of metal parts um and he's messing around with tubes and then he takes this sort of metal contraption that looks fancy and he just wraps it in his flannel shirt and ducks tapes it up and puts it in his backpack, which does not seem like the proper way to handle scientific equipment. But who am I to say? I'm not a scientist. (laughs) And he puts it in his backpack and he gets on his bike. And so he's motorcycling like a real cool, cool guy. And he shows up at some kind of dingy looking lab thing. And I was very confused at the beginning about what this actually was. And it turns out that's for a reason is because it's been like repurposed from A mining operation into something else. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: But we see Morgan Freeman and a very baby-faced Rachel Weiss and everyone around is scientists and they're talking about power input and power output and recording results. And this is, we find out, the University of Chicago's hydrogen energy project and Kiana's been building parts for it. So they shoot lasers into a water tank to separate the hydrogen, and then they initiate hydrogen burn. And the machine gets unstable and wobbles around a lot. I even put it in my notes, Evan. It bothered me, too. Uh, yep. Gets unstable and wobbles around a lot with lots of lights and sirens. So the test yeah. didn't work, and they need to try again. Then we show Keanu Reeves alone in workshop drinking coffee we notices the thing that he built flickering like Tinkerbell dying in Peter Pan. And <laughs> he starts fiddling with some stuff and records the sound the machine is making into a, like a Casio keyboard to play it back. And it's working. It's stable. Oh, my God. Tomorrow. We go tomorrow. Everyone's very hyped. So they go tomorrow and they do the experiment again. And everything is working and stable. And they're getting more out than they put in so it's producing energy and they're burning hydrogen and morgan freeman is looking very awestruck
0: did that tank not remind you of jonesy's tank from johnny mnemonic was it just me i was like that was the dolphin tank and they just repurposed (laughs) Uh it (laughs) might have been reused (laughs) uh-huh
1: uh-huh uh-huh Keanu hugs the professor and everyone starts partying And then Morgan Freeman and the professor are arguing about if the project needs to be secret or not so it doesn't fall into the hands of the Russians and the Chinese. And Rachel Weiss is attempting to drive drunk, but her battery's dead, so Keanu offers her a ride home on his bike. But then he finds out that it's too far and she'll freeze to death, so they're going to try and find a cab. And then we cut to a scene of a mysterious truck pulling up to the lab. And then we cut to the professor and one of the scientists who are in the lab, and they start calling China and Russia. So are they spies, or are they scientists working to save the world and share the info of clean energy with everyone? They make that a little bit ambiguous for about half a second. <laughs> and then Chen, the scientist, uh, gets up and walks off, and then there's ominous music, like maybe Chen's getting got. We don't know. We don't see it happen. Mm-hmm. But that is implied by the music and the editing that he's getting got off screen. Keanu gets drunk. Rachel Vice home to the professor's house, where she's staying on the third floor, and gets her into bed. And then we see a bunch of confusing clips of the mysterious, ominous truck again, and we hear the ominous music again. But I can't figure out where they're trying to establish the truck is being and where right. Keanu is being. And like it was a bunch of cutting back and forth, and they're like hijinks or a foot, but they don't tell you where. <laughs> I have no idea where this truck is. I have no idea where Keanu is. I have no idea what they're trying to establish. Because it was very poorly shot. It's the only scene of the movie that I thought was poorly done because there was no good flow to it and there was no perspective anchoring. So it was just like, I don't know where anyone is or what they're trying to tell me.
0: Yeah. A wide shot would have fixed the whole thing. Just exactly. show us-just the... one
1: wide shot. Sometimes <laughs> just a simple right to left, and then I know we're going left. <laughs> and that's all I need. Thank you. <laughs> As this confusing montage is happening for a few seconds. Keanu gets back to the lab to get his bike, but there's some sort of buzzer going off, and so he's running up the stairs, and the machine looks like it's overheating, but the professor is nowhere to be found, and neither is Chen, and Keanu then goes into the the like control area, and the professor's on the floor, and he's been suffocated by a plastic bag, and he's dead, and Chen is missing, and he's trying to get Chen to shut it down, but he can't find Chen, and the hydrogen machine hits critical pressure, And right as we see that the hydrogen machine has hit critical pressure, the mystery chuck we see is full of guys in like weird brown corduroy gimp suits with like wiring and technical (laughs) tool stuff. And then we cut back to the lab and Keanu is running out of there because he can't stop it. And he gets on his bike and he jets like hell to get away from the lab because he knows it's going to blow. And then it does blow and it's a very large explosion. Very. And trucks go flying and Keanu goes flying and there's a big shockwave that spreads out into Chicago. And then we cut to Morgan Freeman typing the words POSSIBLE GLOBAL IMPLICATION in all caps and bold (laughs) when he gets a call from Keanu Reeves saying it's all gone ass backwards and the guy is dead and the lab exploded, et cetera, et cetera. The next day at the crime scene. There's cops and there's all sorts of people and everyone from the lab is there trying to explain when they left and, you know, when they last saw someone and when they whatever. And is everybody here? And the FBI roll up to the scene. And they're saying that that they want to cowboy up and they want to wiretap everybody and they want to investigate the hell out of everyone that worked in that lab and everybody's a suspect. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
1: And then we cut to a montage of interrogation scenes where everybody's separated and, and investigated by the FBI. But also, I think there's police questioning involved. A lot of interrogation happens. Yep. They uh, search Chen's apartment. Chen is still missing. And it looks like it's been ransacked. So they think that he is on the run and a suspect. Rachel Weiss is at the professor's home. And after answering some questions and whatever, she says, I can't stay here. And she goes up to her room to pack. And as she's packing, a fax comes through that says it's from Chen and that she should grab all of the data and information and meet him at the rendezvous in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. And she realizes she's being framed. So they try to, inconspicuously as possible, dip out the back door.
2: It's a pretty good frame job, though. Like, in the grand scheme, they, they thought of a lot of different ways to mm-hmm. make them look like murderers.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we find out from the FBI that it turns out that Keanu did an experiment that blew up his school and he had to resign because of it before he ended up at this university here (laughs) as a machinist. So Keanu Reeves blew something up with science before, and that's a big coincidence. And then they think Chen might be involved in espionage, and they found the facts about Rachel Weiss meeting Chen in China. The feds are really pissed at Morgan Freeman because this whole team looks crooked. Yep. So Keanu Reeves and Rachel Weiss are walking up to his place, and they see that a bunch of cops and feds have already beat them, and they're all outside and milling around and going upstairs or whatever, so they decide to turn around and walk away as they search his place, and they see, well, a bunch of stuff that could potentially make a bomb, because he machines scientific equipment. Yep. And also, they find a transmitter that can send massive amounts of data to places like China, and then they find a brick wrapped in plastic... And at first I thought it was drugs, but then it turns out it's money.
0: This was the part where I was like, "Okay, does this movie think I'm stupid, or does <laughs> it think these characters are stupid?" And right. luckily, I mean, it works out. But yeah, I was. This was where my suspension of disbelief for a moment was like, "Come on, guys! All right, that's all. Yeah. That's all I'll say." <laughs> yeah. Come on.
1: So then we cut to Keanu ambushing Morgan Freeman in a parking structure. And Keanu's like, we need to talk. And Morgan Freeman's like, "Uh, yeah, we do. Tell me about the 250K they found stashed in your loft and the burst transmitter. And Keanu is like, I don't know what that's about. And then Morgan Freeman's like, you're being set up and we got to surrender you to the FBI. And both Keanu and Rachel are like, hell no, I'm not going to let myself be set up. We're going to go hide. You go find a lawyer. <laughs> Morgan Freeman's like, okay, <laughs> get out of here. Sure. And then we find out the FBI is looking into Morgan Freeman's background. And he's done all sorts of stuff with defense and with whatever and DARPA. And they're like, who who is this guy? And they can't figure out who he is, but they're, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. So he's some kind of bigwig somewhere with something. But we don't know what kind of element it is he's working for. Who exactly employs him? So Keanu and Rachel are now wanted. We see on the TV that they they put up their pictures and they have to split up because they're going to be even more obvious together. So if they're going to get to the train station to get out of the area, they have to go separate ways. And the FBI and cops and like a whole lot of people end up chasing Keanu down on foot. And that's when Keanu runs up the bridge that's raising to let a boat pass. So it splits in the middle and it raises up on both sides. And we've seen that a lot in movies, even though I don't think there's that many of them that exist anymore. Yeah. But they do like them in movies because they add a good action element. So Keanu Reeves is running up the bridge.
0: This is the same bridge if you saw Batman Begins. He launches Mm -hmm. the tumbler over this bridge into Mm -hmm. Gotham. Mm -hmm. That's all. That's all.
1: And nice. I don't, I don't, I, it's not this bridge, uh, cause it's in Florida, but in the Fast and Furious 2, they do it over a bridge. Is that right?
0: Sounds about three. Yeah.
1: <laughs> two. Three is three Drift.
0: I defer to you two yeah, on it's, it's two. all things it's two. Fast and or Furious.
1: Yes. Um, so yeah, anyway, people the... like raising bridges and jumping over raising bridges. <laughs> so Keanu Reeves tries to do this on foot, which is bold. Um, yeah. He's running up a bridge that's raising to let the boat pass, and it's at, like Evan said earlier, like a crazy incline, like 70-degree incline. There's no (laughs) way he's going to run up it. Cops are sliding down, trying to hang onto the railings. It looks like the last uh, scene in Titanic. And um, he scrambles over the edge of the bridge, and obviously he can't jump from there because now they're almost straight up and down.
2: But, yeah, and they were on him. There was like, a yeah, they boat were in the there water. There was a lot there was of a people. Helicopter. Like I said,
1: it was like all of the law enforcement <laughs> in Chicago yeah. and more were right there and following him and chasing him down on foot and in cars and in <laughs> helicopters.
2: This was probably one of the best stunts that I've seen mm-hmm. yet.
1: Mm-hmm. It was really good. It was good. just.
2: It was very believable. It was very, like, realistic with them.
1: It is definitely the time that I was most on the edge of my seat for the whole movie was this scene. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. That one the one cop that, like, slides all the way down the bridge and they catch him at the bottom. It was just really mm-hmm. believable. Like, that mm-hmm. would probably happen.
0: It
1: yeah. It was
2: good hurt like a bitch.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then there's a whole conversation in the bridge drawbridge control room thing of like, can they bring it down? And they're like, it's going to crush him. And he's like, well, can you bring it down slow? And we got to take him alive and whatever. So he gets down to the second level after scrambling over the top and he has to not get crushed and he doesn't. Uh, But then he manages to kind of slide down and jam the gears and get away by the skin of his teeth by crawling under a truck and then into the truck. And he runs and he makes it to the train literally seconds before it pulls away. And that's when they sort of start to intimate a potential romance because the train conductor says he'll come in like a romantic way. Like she's not going to be stood up.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And then she turns around and says, you were right. When she sees him running up and then they embrace. That's the first time they embrace. And it's like they, they start immediately hinting at romance. And I'm like, in the beginning where they're all in the lab, they didn't even look at each other. So like this is weird to me. And then it only gets worse from there. Right. So they make it to Maggie. Who is a scientist that Keanu used to work with? Who definitely feels like she had a bigger part that got cut out.
0: Yes, that's what yeah, I was going to say. It felt,
2: it, yeah. And if she didn't, it really felt like they built it up like there was gonna be a cameo.
1: Yeah, no, they and, built it up. They, just like, they built it up like it was a whole. She was going to be a big part of the movie, or she yeah. meant a lot to somebody. Like maybe it was Keanu Reeves' ex, or like there's there was so much build up to it, and then she was in it for a fraction of a second and did not really matter at all. So they make it to Maggie, the scientist that Keanu used to work with that Morgan Freeman knows. And, and Morgan Freeman knows they're going to go hide out at her place. And she's operating a massive telescope and she looks at him and she's like, Oh, Eddie, tell me you didn't do it. And he's like, I didn't do it. And so then they hug. And then she hugs <laughs> Rachel Weiss and she's like, you must be the other terrorist or whatever. And then Morgan Freeman gets into a limo to go to DC to the Senate select committee on intelligence Where Morgan Freeman is getting people angry, like senators and stuff, who are all, where are the tax dollars going? And you blew up half of Chicago and promised us this won't happen again if we're going to keep giving you money. And Morgan Freeman's like, I can't tell you that. And you actually signed a bill into law that says that you don't want to hear anything I have to do with anything. (laughs) So I'm not going to tell you any of it. And you're going to keep giving me money. And they're all like, "Okay, yeah, spoken like a true patriot.
2: It's pretty awesome.
1: Because he, t- he goes on a whole rant about experimenting with technology and moving forward has a cost and can mean lives, but that's the price you pay for advancement and the betterment of the American people.
2: It was like a classic Morgan Freeman monologue.
1: <laughs> it was. It was. It was very much was. It's was like, uh, you know, the cost of landing on the moon and Apollo dying people and, you know, trapped in the fire. And but we did it to go to the moon. <laughs> Right.
0: Yes. And I'll do it again. Wow.
2: Is that your Morgan Freeman?
0: Oh, damn it. (laughs) Morgan Freeman. All right. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, boy.
1: So we see that the FBI is surveilling Morgan Freeman's estate. They've installed cameras, they've done whatever. And of course, immediately Morgan Freeman realizes and catches on and, and is very aware that he's being surveilled. And so then he goes to unblanket his gun from the linen closet. And then we cut to Leesburg, Virginia at a research facility where Morgan Freeman pulls up and goes deep, deep underground and the FBI are following him. The FBI are following him, and they don't have clearance to enter or even know what kind of facility this is. The guards at the front are like, I'm sorry, we can't give you any information.
0: This is when you're like, oh, he's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, he has a lair yeah. that the FBI can't get into. Yeah. Got it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So then it looks like maybe Morgan Freeman is in cahoots with the government or some other powerful mm-hmm. people. Uh, And these powerful people have stolen the hydrogen generator from the lab or the data for it and all of the plans and whatever. And they're setting up Keanu and Rachel to take the fall and they can't get the machine working. They've been trying and trying to get this hydrogen generator to work and they can't. So Keanu Reeves calls Morgan Freeman and he's like, we trace the facts to this business association and he, Morgan Freeman's like, you idiot, don't call me here and don't come here. And then Keanu Reeves runs to get Rachel Weiss because the phone was tapped and they're on the trail and they're going to go to see Morgan Freeman, even though he says, don't come see me. And <laughs> That was uh, the funniest yeah. part.
0: He's like, OK, bye. See you soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and while Keanu Reeves was going to the payphone to call Morgan Freeman and get the phone tapped, uh, Rachel Weiss was looking up this business association and now the facts did get routed through China but before it got routed through China from Virginia and so she's looking up this business association and it's like they've lobbied for defense contracts and energy contracts and telecom and they've basically got their hands in everything that makes money in the United States. Yep. So Keanu and Rachel have half of the law enforcement in the area again on their tail. And they're running away, and they hijack an airboat to get away on the frozen lake.
0: So I've never seen this before. So awesome. Yeah. Although or since.
1: multiple times, multiple times, people said something else. They called it a different name. They called it, like, I don't remember. It was something that sounded far more advanced and scientific and not an airboat. Um, they called it, like, a hydroplane something something. That's not what it was. I can't remember now. Yeah. Anyway.
3: Well, they
2: showed... They showed um those ice sailboats too in the same mm-hmm. scene, which are so cool. they're like little sailboats like little sunfish mm-hmm. sailboats that have skis mm-hmm. on the bottom and they the lake I grew up on people used to do it on that lake and it was so much fun to watch so it was like i i I loved this yeah. whole scene like the whole wintry but scene literally cool. this is
1: just like a fan boat like you use in Florida to do swamp tours or whatever, and it just it goes across the ice because. You know, it has enough force from the fan. So anyway, they hijack the airboat Mm -hmm. and they get away on the frozen lake and cops are driving alongside the lake and choppers are following them by air. And there's looks like there's no way they're going to get away. But then Keanu, like Tokyo drifts around a peninsula and manages to lose (laughs) the visual sights. Uh, And so the tails are for a moment blind and they get out of the boat and they put a weight on the gas pedal. So it goes off across the lake as they run in the opposite direction into the woods. And... The feds are tailing Keanu, and they're trying to figure out what this facility that doesn't exist is that Morgan Freeman went into, and we cut back and forth kind of between, like, people on foot chasing them and the feds in a room trying to figure out who Morgan Freeman really is and what this place that, you know, doesn't exist is it's not on any map. It doesn't, it's not owned by anybody, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. we see Keanu and Rachel fall into the frozen lake near the shore. They're about hip deep and she can't feel her legs. So they b an e into a lake house and Keanu turns on the oven and grabs blankets and they huddle in the kitchen until they're warm enough to go upstairs and take a bath in their clothes, which we have already talked mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. And then they eat sardines. So the FBI... Goes up to Morgan Freeman, and they say, those two just shot a state trooper. And Morgan Freeman's like, uh, I doubt that. And then the FBI says, what's up with your foundation that's being funded by defense and aerospace and telecom? So, you know, what the hell do you guys do? And then the FBI says, it seems like maybe you're CIA. And they tell them (laughs) that murder makes it our turn, not your turn. So you go tell the CIA... This is our turf, and we're going to get into a land war of FBI versus CIA. And Mm -hmm. Morgan Freeman's like, whatever, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Morgan Freeman goes to, and I I was not sure about this for a lot of the movie, whether Morgan Freeman had a boss or was the boss. They did not make that clear, and they even brought it up in the movie, and it still didn't get super clear. So Brian Cox is the bad guy and he's very clearly the bad guy from very early on but we don't know if he's Morgan Freeman's boss or if they're at the same level or if Morgan Freeman is his boss it's not clear but he goes up to Brian Cox and he's like you're not just framing him to go to jail now now he's a cop killer your guys tailing after him have turned him into you know the it's not just gonna be a go to jail for a while He." Gets arrested. They're going to hang him. And we need this kid because he's the only one who knows the frequencies. And Brian Cox is like... <laughs> "Oh shucks. <laughs> he's going to be a liability. Whether he's one now or not, he will be. Yeah.
2: Was it like that he had the frequencies on a disc or... Just like in his brain. he somehow... <laughs> like, that's a pretty complex frequency that he pulled off of a, a milling machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I don't know. That was weird. I didn't like that part.
1: But I don't think that they even had time for him to tell anybody how he got that frequency, how he, like, discovered it. Because everything happened so fast that they couldn't even reproduce how he got to that point, I think, is part of what they were saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, guess I
1: mean, that. I still think that it's pretty pretty obscure. It's not like he could just go into a lab and be like, here's the frequency.
0: But doesn't he do that at the end on the kind computer? Of, yeah, yeah it is. Isn't exactly that's, what he does? Is, <laughs> that
1: is what he does. And I don't think that's accurate at all. But anyway, all they're right. like, he's the only one who knows the frequencies. And then, by heart. yeah, Brian Cox is like, well, he's going to be a liability and you need to get him gone. Whether it's now, whether it's later, whether it's whatever, I'm just trying to save you the time and energy and getting him gone now. And Morgan Freeman's like, I'll deal with him when the time comes. And Brian Cox just like shrugs and walks away, essentially. And then we cut back to Keanu Reeves and Rachel Weiss and the B&E. And he goes into, like, the garage shed thing uh, and is doing some kind of machine work in there. And then he's going back to the house. And someone's already in the house with a flashlight searching for them. And Rachel Weiss is asleep. Keanu Reeves sneaks in. And I don't... He get, has a gun now. And he... <laughs> that happened. He, he took he it from
2: the he took it from the state trooper. Yeah. That's right. That he that took it killed. from the state
1: trooper. Yeah. So yep. he has a gun and he sneaks into the house and he shoots someone and pushes him down the stairs. And he's looking for Rachel Vice and can't find her. And then he gets into a fight with a guy. And this is where Andrew's thing about um, fight choreography has come a long way. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> if you look at the struggle between Keanu Reeves and the, the bad guy in this scene versus any John Wick or anything, it's wild how clumsy it is. Yes. And now I get, it makes sense because in John Wick, he's an assassin, and in this, he's a scientist guy who you know, spends all of his time drilling metal in a lab, but like, still. Yeah. It's a rough, rough scuffle.
0: Just as a tiny side note, even the way Keanu holds a gun now is badass. Mm-hmm. Versus the way he held it in this mm-hmm. movie, you're huh. like,
1: "What is this?" He's, he's done some of the most intensive firearms training that anyone done, in entertainment yeah. ever has.
0: I know it's just incredible. Yeah. Like it truly shows. If you want to see how far he's come, yeah. watch, watch this scene. movie, yeah, and then watch John Wick Three <laughs> as a double feature, ideally. <laughs>
1: So then there's a really bad struggle with a guy, and Rachel Weiss hits him over the head with, like, a shovel or a pan or something. It made a shovel noise, but they were in the house, so I don't know where she got a shovel in the bedroom. (laughs) You don't ever see the implement. Uh, Right. Keanu steals his wallet, and then they go get in a truck and drive off. They drive into a town, and they send flowers to Morgan Freeman with a note. And they think they're being so clever.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: As yeah. they're pulling away from the house, the FB, FBI stop a very very young looking Michael Shannon in a van. <laughs> and he's literally in it for 0.2 seconds as like a stoner delivery guy. It was long hair, it was wild.
0: Yeah. It's pretty
1: fun. It is pretty fun, especially since he, that's so antithetical to the type that he always plays now, which is so like intimidating. And he's like a guy with in a cut off crop top, tank top thing with like long hair. And he's like, I don't know, man. I just work here.
0: Who's this? Who's this flower delivering hippie? So the who's this guy,
1: <laughs> FBI intercept the message in the flowers, and it's about Spawn and the Neanderthal man, and. They meet, Morgan Freeman knows what that message is about. And the FBI is trying to figure it out. And they're like, spawned is a comic book character and blah, blah, blah. But it, it turns out that they're meeting at a fictitious museum mm-hmm. that is shot in like three separate locations in Chicago um, to be something hmm. similar. It appears to me to be the Smithsonian, but it is not the Smithsonian. <laughs>
0: There's, like, a plane in there. Yeah, there's, like, oh, yeah, okay. there's like, definitely, right, like, the yeah. air and space section
1: Close. and then, like, the natural history section and whatever. But um. They're
0: trying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. So they meet in the not-Smithsonian for, in front of the Neanderthal man. And Keanu Reeves is, like, the guy is from Sea Systems. And Morgan Freeman is, like, we can't talk about this here. Keanu Reeves is like, I think you're in on this, man. And Morgan Freeman is like, you need to verify your work and your results, and you'll get your life back. Come work with me. And now, at this point, Rachel Vice is there, too, and they're like, hell no. Now we think you're a bad guy who killed all our friends. We are not going anywhere with you. But then another assassin guy shows up. Uh Uh-oh. And they take off. And Morgan Freeman just sort of sees him coming and sort of casually saunters off. And Keanu Reeves and Rachel Vice take off into the crowd. And they s- end up getting split up in the airplane. And then Keanu Reeves does some, like, parkour kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but they catch and sedate Rachel Weiss. Keanu Reeves tries to, t- oh, no. tries to save her, tries to get her. He can see her through the window, but the doors are chained. And so he's running and running and trying to catch the vans, but he can't. But he can memorize the license plate of the van just as cops pull up and he walks away disappears into Mm -hmm. the crab. so this is when brian cox is giving is in the lair with rachel weiss and he's giving her some water and there's a bunch of scientists who are like we want to know more about your work and then they bring out chen who is not a traitor and he looks like maybe he's been beaten up for information they're like we're big fans of your work. And she says, is this how you welcome all of the guests whose work you admire by drugging them and kidnapping them? And they're like, ha, 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 no. Well <laughs> <laughs> <Got> him. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. And so Keanu is still on the lam and gets an idea from a homeless guy who he walks right past and doesn't even look at to pretend to be a homeless guy and sit with him so that no one looks at him either. And he uses it to get past the cops who are breaking up a domestic disturbance and gets into their cruiser to look up the license plate registration for the van that took Rachel Weiss.
2: Mm-hmm. Kind of brilliant. Spicy. I it like is spicy. It.
1: Uh, and then he wanders off into the night after finding the address that the van is registered
2: to. No, he Keanu runs well, into that's the night.
1: true. He does Keanu run into the night. <laughs> the it's very FBI is sitting in a room. And at this point, the FBI have caught on. They're like, the rounds that killed the cop pierced his bulletproof vest. And I'm watching a video that was shot two days before the explosion. And it doesn't look like this kid wants to kill his professor at all. And uh, he's smart enough to do XYZ, but not smart enough to hide $250,000 in cash in his apartment. And basically, they are starting to come around to the idea that they're not guilty and that these kids were framed. Uh, because Mm -hmm. something's fishy in the state of Denmark. And then the the lead FBI guy puts a hundred bucks on it. He's like, I bet a hundred bucks that this guy isn't going to do it. So now all of a sudden, we're not worried about the FBI getting him anymore. We're only worried about the assassins from whatever Morgan Freeman and Brian Cox's whole JMAs. Keanu is in a garage, and he sees the van that kidnapped Rachel. And he's sneaking around, and he finds a uniform with a badge... And he's rifling through blueprints, and he sees that it's a job site for building, essentially, a, a large plant around a hydrogen generator. So he puts on the work clothes, and he goes into the work site, sneaks in, and we cut to Rachel Weiss and Chen being sat down at computers. But Keanu is loose in the experiment. <laughs> so he's a, he's a wild element. He sees them testing it from below. And they don't know he's there. But they think he's there. But they don't know he's there. They don't know where he is. And the experiment doesn't work because they don't have the right frequencies, obviously, because Keanu Reeves' brain is the only thing that has the frequencies. So they say, we'll kill you if you're not useful. And that's when Morgan Freeman says, don't threaten to kill my scientists right to their faces, please. <laughs> but they give mm-hmm. the impression that maybe they're, they're yeah. threatening them audibly because they know Keanu Reeves might be lurking around somewhere and they want to get him to show his face.
0: And it works. Because it's so it's everything about it is like we built a vent that goes specifically from this worksite site directly to where he needs to yeah, be. Exactly. Trust me, he'll show yeah. up.
1: So he's still loose in the experiment and he's walking around in the darkened lab and he starts making adjustments to the machine components. And at first you don't know if he's sabotaging them or if he's fixing them so they'll work and not kill Rachel Vice. But then we find out that it's, he, he's trying to get it to work so that they can get out of there. So he gets it working. But one of the murder crime scientist guys is taking all the credit for it. And Morgan (laughs) Freeman is like, hell no, you didn't do this. So he takes the data to check it against the Chicago data. And he busts in on Keanu Reeves, writing an email to the FBI. And Morgan Freeman's like, I'm just doing my work. People want to eat microwave dinners and watch color TV, but they don't want to think about what goes on to make that happen. And if we didn't need petroleum, the stock market would collapse and the global economy and war and blah, blah, blah. You have to let the tech out at a pace that the public can absorb or we'll crash the whole world. And then Morgan Freeman, uh, not Morgan Freeman, uh, Brian Cox walks in. And he's like, I'm so glad you're here so we can scapegoat you now. And then Keanu Reeves... Hands over like a, he has like a disc of the frequencies for the regulator in exchange for their freedom. And Brian Cox says, you're, the position you're in is now non-negotiable. And Keanu Reeves says, okay. And he hits enter and he sends the email to the FBI <laughs> saying that he's ready to surrender and where he was at. And what if, whatever he did also hacks the whole system and takes it offline and turns the hydrogen generator into a bomb again. We all know where this goes. They've got about 20 minutes or so, they guess, until the power is built up so much that it blows. Then, Brian Cox grabs a gun and he kills Chen for no reason. Takes Rachel Vice hostage. And everyone's like, you're crazy, man. What are you doing? We all got to get out of here. We're all going to (laughs) die. And the scientist who took credit for Keanu Reeves' work turns the system off to reboot it. But that actually backfires because that shuts off the compressors that were keeping it from blowing. And the computers that might be able to stop it and get them back online are offline themselves and have to reboot. So this definitely ensures that the generator is going to blow up and no one can stop it. No one can fix it. There's no whatever. It's it's done. So yep. Morgan Freeman faces down Bill Cox and says, no one has to die here anymore. The dying is done. These guys did their part. It's all going to blow anyway. They might as well get out of here. And Bill Cox is like, "Yep." You can come with me alone and let them die down here, or you can stay down here and die with them. So Morgan Freeman's like, sorry, guys. <laughs> so Keanu Reeves and Rachel Weisz get shut into security doors, and they can't evacuate. And then Keanu's like, the tanks! And then we cut <laughs> to Brian Cox in an elevator, saying, the FBI are going to be here, let's go kill all those guys, and blah, blah, blah. And Keanu Reeves uses the tank to... He cuts the um, nozzle off the tank so that the like pressure all shoots out, and uses that to move a concrete containment block aside, so he and Rachel can scurry out.
0: I loved the little detail of the shirt of him wrapping it the, in cloth, yeah, yeah, to not create a spark. Exactly. I was like, oh, that's those are the things where I'm like, I'll notice that, but I didn't get that shitty email address. <laughs> <laughs> it's just come on. Okay.
1: <laughs> so the hmm. now the old guys are in the elevator together. On their way up and out of this facility. And they're, like, talking about retirement, but what would we do if we were tired? We're the kind of men who, you know, live in the shadows and we can't retire and blah, blah, blah. And then there's gunshots. But we're not close up on the elevator, so we don't know who shot who. Yep. Then we cut back and it turns out that Morgan Freeman shot Bill Cox.
0: Did both of you... Did both of you kind of have that idea? Yes, I was very certain that was what
1: was going to happen. There's no way (laughs) that crazy, frantic, bad guy is going to outshoot calm, cool, collected, I know exactly what's happening, bad guy. No way. Can't get the upper hand on Morgan Freeman in in that instance, for sure. Not that I think you could get the upper hand on Morgan Freeman a lot at the time, but specifically in that instance, it's not (laughs) happening.
0: History shows it's very difficult.
1: (laughs) So he gets out of the elevator, Morgan Freeman does, and he turns off the containment systems, which gives Keanu Reeves and Rachel Weisz a fighting chance to escape. But also all of the construction workers who were trapped in there that Brian Cox did not give a rat's ass about. Mm -hmm. So then Keanu Reeves, there's a lot of chase scenes with the, like, assassin government guys. They use physics to defeat some of the bad guys. (laughs) And then Keanu is like, I'm going to get into a chain fight with this big hulking guy three times my size and (laughs) weight. He he doesn't win the fight, but he does get away from him. And it gives Rachel Weisz enough time to get into this crane basket thing. And so she's in the crane basket thing, and that's starting to go up, and he runs away from the big hulking guy and jumps up and just barely, barely manages to squeak out. They get in this, like, metal crate that's being pulled up by the crane as it blows, and they get blown up out of the tunnel. And then they fall back down into the tunnel, and they stay in this metal cage the whole time.
0: It's perfect.
2: And they look Fine. They do look fine. <laughs> Which bothered yeah. me.
1: Other than covered in dust, they were not banged up at all. Yeah.
0: It's about what I expect.
2: This is like dropping I don't know, five floors in an elevator. Like you don't yeah,
1: no, you, I don't yeah, think no, you just walk just out of that like, free fall. Cool, cool. The FBI is in a chopper and they're coming in and they see the explosion and so the cavalry is here and Rachel and Keanu were maybe in love, question mark and Morgan Freeman Gets into his black car and drives off into the night in the other direction while everyone's looking over here at all everything that's happening with the explosion. He just sort of quietly sneaks out the back, and Keanu Reeves is like, "I'm not going anywhere without her." And they're we
0: ride together. You know
1: the FBI is like, "You've got six weeks of questions <laughs> to answer," and Rachel Vice is all like, "Oh, I got six weeks weeks worth of talking to do, so we're good there." And then uh, Morgan Freeman calls. We cut to him in his car, and he's. Saying to message the director of the CIA that this entity is defunct. And I will call mm-hmm. you when I can. Yes.
2: Well, doesn't he tell... He, he says, make a memo. Like he <laughs> bet to, he
0: says six
1: words. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the woman next to him, he's like, make a memo. It's like, man, that's a certain level of status when you have somebody that just <laughs> makes, you know, takes down mm-hmm. what you say, scribes what you say. and And, does and, it. and all he does mm-hmm. is
1: say to the director... This is no longer a viable project. I will get in touch with you yeah. at some point when it is convenient to me.
2: Quick update. You didn't hear about the massive explosion at the building. <laughs> right. Uh, it's no longer a thing. Speaking of the explosion, it was interesting because after the first explosion, there was a quote somewhere that was like, this doesn't happen. It's a safe kind of science. <laughs> and then it happened again. <laughs> And so that kind of
1: bothered me. Well, but I will say, both times it happened because someone made it happen. There was there was no time where there was an explosion that happened because of an accident. I mean, I don't know anything about yeah. hydrin, hydrogen fusion or whatever. I could not possibly tell you whether or not it's possible to blow up a hydrogen generator. But every time was purposeful. It was always sabotage. And there's a lot of things you could blow up with sabotage. You could blow up a coffee maker with sabotage. If you really wanted to.
0: Ooh. I like the sound of that. Ooh.
2: Chain reaction too.
0: <laughs> it's all coffee machines. Watch out, yep. Keurig. Son of a bitch. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's it. That's the end.
0: Uh, that's it. Yeah. Credits. Did either of you stick around to the very end of the credits? No. Of course not. <laughs> At the end, there is an aerial... I don't know why, first of all. Let me just preface by saying (laughs) I don't know why this is in there. But if you go to the very end of the credits, there is an aerial shot of the second explosion from, like, the helicopter that the FBI agents were in. Mm -hmm. So you see it from their point of view. And then you hear Fred Ward go, whoa. And then it cuts to black. Wait, what? And I don't know why that wasn't in the actual movie. And it was saved for, like, a post-credits stinger. So... So weird. It was... Because I watched the end. Because I'm like, I'm not going to... I don't know. Maybe there's something. And I don't expect a movie from 1996 to have anything after the credits. Mm -mm. But sure enough, there it was. Interesting. So there's something. There's a lot
1: that was cut (laughs) out of this movie. And I don't know all the extent of it. And I don't know how much rewrite stuff there was or whatever. But, like, Nick Offerman not knowing that he was cut out of the entire movie until he showed up at the premiere is just one example of many, many things that did not make the final cut, I would assume, so.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, studio intervention, am I right? Come on!
1: I don't know that it was studio intervention.
0: I don't know. I'm just assuming. Whenever a movie goes wrong, I'm like, it's probably the studio. <laughs> and you'd probably be right half the time. Probably.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might even be more than half the time, but I'm just in this. <laughs> usually when there's studio intervention, you know that it's studio intervention rather than, I don't know, a bunch of hot mess happened, which is kind of what this seemed to be. Like, usually in the IMDB and stuff, you hear about the, like, controversy surrounding it or the fact that they recast everybody or the fact that they, you know, completely rewrite the rewrote the initial script and stuff. And usually when that's a studio choice, you hear that it was a studio choice.
0: That's true. Very true. So, I I don't know. And I guess we don't know what happened to this one. So, with that, where are we uh, on recommending this film? Are we recommending this to people? Yeah. That's a yes from Ev. Um...
1: I don't not recommend it, but I also don't know that anyone needs to go out of their way for it. (laughs) Like like I said, it was in... Entertaining action movie, but I literally—it's so forgettable because there was nothing there that grabbed me and, and kept me in.
3: Okay. So,
1: I—I I don't know. I'm looking at my rankings now, trying to figure out where I want to put this and what I would rather watch again than this. And it's pretty yeah. low for me. I think. I think it's below between, *Rivers Edge* and *Brotherhood of Justice*.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine's so high. That's Evan unbelievable hold on, so Whitney you
1: it is not in my top ten,
0: yeah, but you do you recommend it or I don't mm? think so,
1: but I don't yeah I don't, I don't not. recommend
0: this movie either like I don't I,
1: feel. I don't feel like I wasted yeah. my time watching it
0: I would say I don't recommend it only because of how strong the director's other work was like if you if you saw the fugitive you you got it yeah, pretty much there was like. A cool thing in here they could have done with like an FBI versus CIA situation, Mm -hmm. but they just never like explored that. They could have gotten
1: into the government versus the government. They could have gotten into the government is actually secretly against all of us and doesn't want us to have clean, renewable, cheap energy. The, yeah. they could have gone into the you know, there's just literally any way they could have gone that had more impact to it and they didn't go there and i don't necessarily think it's the director's fault because the director has a turned out a bunch of incredible movies outside of this but also we know that there was a, a whole other script beforehand that was almost entirely rewritten one line of dialogue made it from the first script to the to the you know shot version and there was they recast basically all the roles <laughs> Yeah, So I, I definitely think that to some extent it was maybe a, a bad story that they were trying to make better. And in that, they kind of lost the thread of how do we make it a great story? Because they were like, we just need to make it better than it was before. But it's not bad. It was a fun movie. Like, it's an action movie and they did things well. And the editing is mostly great. And the cinematography is mostly great. And there's some exciting scenes. But also... There's nothing to stick with you. I took nothing away from it, so I, I think overall I say no. Okay. But I also, yeah. If you if you're in the mood for a move, if you're sick and you're like, I just want an action movie that I don't have to think about. This is not a bad one to watch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. All right. So then the rankings are. I can't wait to hear Evs, but Whitney, you said you're putting, I'm putting it, it at 13. number thirteen. Okay, so between Mm -hmm. River's Edge and Brotherhood of Justice. Okay. All right, I could get behind that. Uh, We'll save Evan for last. I'm going to say I'm putting mine at number 12, which for me falls (laughs) between A Walk in the Clouds and Little Buddha. I feel like that's (laughs) kind of... As weird as it sounds, it uh, was like a walk in the clouds last week. I was like, oh, I had a lot of fun watching this. It's very enjoyable, very light and fluffy, but uh very fun nonetheless. So what uh, I cannot wait. Evan Evan Where are we <laughs> Where are we put it, my man second to us, Evan. I mean it's in the top ten. How how so, in the top ten is it though? <laughs> uh three
3: <laughs> What
0: is happening? Let me just. All right. If you're Uh, not, if you refuse to reckon, if you, if you're listening and you're not, you don't have our rankings open in front of you. I just want to list Evan's top three movies right now. (laughs) Speed, Point Break, Chain Reaction.
1: At least he's got a strong personal brand. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like you, you can't fault him for knowing what he likes and sticking to it
0: i I want to be thrilled I understand okay I, oh wow all right I mean great see this is why we have variety of the spice of life it i is. think I think Whitney and I have been pretty much on the with the exception of a walk in the clouds like our other what like Johnny mnemonic chain reaction we're basically within one of each other
1: most of- Movies are in the yeah. in the same area. Like if you broke it down into three or four sections, it would be almost the exact same movies across the board. There's just a few variations in in you know how yeah. high or low they're ranking. But uh, yeah, Chain Evans all more. over the
3: Dang. map. <laughs>
0: Yes, Evan
1: is definitely the wild card when it comes to ranking movies.
0: He truly is, He's and other things. <laughs> He's like I said it before; I'll say it again. I hated it. It's my number five movie.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool!
1: <laughs> I think that's the the part that makes you the real wild card more so than than having a type For, and sticking um, with it, like. It does not surprise me you putting Chain Reaction at three. I never would. But then when you're like, I didn't like this movie. I don't recommend it. I did not enjoy watching it. It's number five. Yes. That's that's when you really take me by surprise.
0: It's almost like Evan's recommendations don't matter. Like, you can't even base where he's going to put the movie, whether or not he recommends it. They're two totally different yeah, no, His
1: recommending things has absolutely no bearing on where he ranked it in his movie ranking.
0: I got to come up with a formula or something. There's got to be like some sort of f- like velocity formula here that we're not seeing. <laughs> Never. Convert Celsius to Fahrenheit. I don't know what it is, but I will figure it out. <laughs> oh. All right. That's great. We they did have it. been lo- they have been logged as such. Next week, I'm leading the discussion on a movie called Feeling Minnesota. Have mm-hmm. we seen
1: this? Mm. I don't think so. No. But I don't know. We're, we're getting into that era of it's entirely possible that I've seen some of these movies on TBS and just can't associate the name with the movie. There's yeah. a lot of movies that I feel like I have seen maybe, but don't didn't absorb or didn't go to the theater to see. So I don't register it as a movie that I've seen when, in fact, I have seen it. I think we're getting into that territory with a lot of the late 90s stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure. But I
1: don't think so.
0: This is, I believe, it's Cameron Diaz uh, as co-starring alongside him in this. I I don't do too much research far out. I was curious though. Do either of you know? Have you have either of you used the saying "Feeling Minnesota"? Do you know what no. that? Do you know no. what that references? No. I re- when I saw the title of this movie, this is like a very deep pull. I apologies. I listened to. To Soundgarden growing up a lot. That was my jam and my jelly. And there's a song called Outshined where he says the lyrics, I'm feeling, I'm looking California and feeling Minnesota. And that was like probably five or six years before this movie. It means like sad or morose. So I don't know if that's what we're in for next week. It's just, uh, I guess, Minnesota's. What's sad about Minnesota? I don't know. Like, I get it if
1: you'd say, like, Seattle, because it's always overcast and gloomy there. (laughs) I don't know. Minnesota's like a lot of farms and mountains. Why is that sad?
0: I couldn't tell you. That's just... I looked that up because I was super curious. But I had, like... When I read this title, I was like, I know that from something. And that's, yeah, that's a Chris Cornell lyric. It's great. So it's going to be a sad movie. I don't know if it will be, particularly. I just, I want to give you some context clues about what we might be in for. I really have no idea what it, what anything is happening mm. in that movie. So should be good going in potentially blind, all of us. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's going to bring us to the end of this episode, unless the two of you had anything else.
1: Nope. That's everything. That's all my e- notes.
0: Evan, do you have anything else? I'm all set. Do you want to? You want to tell us the formula or I'll figure it out. Don't worry.
2: No, I'm never telling you.
0: I have all, I have all the data. I'll be able to crunch (laughs) the
3: numbers.
0: (laughs) (sighs) So we'll be back in your ears next week, but until then, Whitney, where are you on the internet?
1: You can find me at, on twitter at whitney underscore nelson n-e-l-s-e-n and there you can find my uh other podcast historical hotties is about to have its year-end uh redemption episode which is where (gasps) we take all of the hotties from the year that did not win their respective categories and give them a second chance to um, be crowned a historical hottie. So we, we let people vote in polls, kind of like a brackety situation, and then we move it up to the next level, which is previous guest hosts voting on, um, voting on who should move up to the next level. And then the very last uh, round of the redemption episodes is my sister and I going through, and um, we do a blind scoring metric where... She takes all of the remaining hotties that are in the like top four. Did we do yeah. top three or top four? And um, she finds she found quotes from all of them and tried to make them as non uh, non specific as possible to be more you know generic for g- not give away who they were. And then I found facts about them that were non specific, and we okay. I blind read her the facts, and she told me which one was hotter between these two facts and then these two facts and then these two facts, and it it was. We ranked those and we added up my, of uh, this quote versus this quote is hotter. And we went through that in several pairings for all of the final hotties. And then whoever had the most blind scores added up with the public scores, added up with the previous guest host scores. Wow. We have one person at the end who is crowned a hottie that was not in a hottie episode or did Incredible. not win a hottie episode. So that's coming up. We're doing that in the next few weeks. Um, and then Almost Better Than Silence, I talked about video games. Midtakes is a real play RPG uh, based on the Monster of the Week game, and uh, coming out at some point is a uh, Fast and Furious podcast, the Extremely Fast and Incredibly Furious.
0: I'm looking forward to it. There were actually two references to Fast and Furious on this podcast, mm-hmm. so I just <laughs> if, if maybe that's some sort of sign from the universe that it's it'll be out soon. Yeah. I just have a feeling. I just have a feeling <laughs> it's coming, Evan. Hmm. A Cree. That's me. Wells. Uh huh. Where are you on the internet?
2: Uh same as last time. Um I'm so if you just want to tune in to our last <laughs> podcast episode.
0: <laughs> it is unchanged.
2: And um you can just go listen there and you'll you'll find out where I am. With chapter markers. So. Yep. Yeah, thanks to, I uh, think, to Andrew's hard work.
0: This is, it's so, you're so above this, right? The, you don't need to tell people, you're not a promotional type of person. That's what I'm getting yeah, here. Yeah,
2: listen, you know, I told you once, <laughs> I gave it away. I don't need to repeat
0: myself. You can find Evan here, weekly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's the most here. relevant, current, today, Evan. So. Yep. Yep. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and a number of other platforms, at Dark Driving. I swear to God, I will get the streaming of this show figured out. It (laughs) did not, it was not in the cards today. Mm -mm. And that's on me, but I will figure this out because I think it'd be a lot of fun to have some audience participation as well. So we'll see, we'll see. Follow me on Dark Driving, at Dark Driving, for more of that. So with all that, thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes!
1: We did it.
0: Successful yet again.
1: Mhm.
0: All we do is win.
2: No matter what. Got money on my mind. I could never get enough. Nailed it and every time i step up in the building everybody's hands
0: go up
1: but do they stay there
0: and they stay there and they stay there <laughs> and they stay there
2: um cool great work friends i'm going to stop recording now
1: me too